Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. I remember, just stay standing for a minute. I remember in a healing school class one time, we were in Tulsa. And uh, at the end of the service, we were talking about how that, uh, you know, you say you need to line your words up with what you believe. It's not enough just to believe it. Well, I believe Jesus took my, well, say it. So we were talking about that. And uh, after the service, I said, well, let's all stand up and let's just repeat, just say some things. Let's just repeat some things after me. And so they began to, I said, I call my heart healed. And they repeated that after me. And I call my lungs healed, call my liver healed, call different things. And uh, I got the lungs. I said, I call my lungs healed. They repeated it after me. And I said, I was going to say something else. I call my lungs healed. My tongue said lungs again. Well, I said, I th- thought I said that twice, so I'll say something else. And I called my lungs, my, my tongue said lungs again. Three or four times that happened, and finally I caught on, you know. <laughs> Somebody hears God's ministering to their lungs. So I stopped and I said, who is that? A man raised up his hand. He said, that's me. He said, uh, he, he, had been to, he had been a veteran, and he went to the VA hospital down south of Tulsa. And he said, I went down there, and they said, well, first of all, I think a fourth of my lungs were filled with cancer. Then he said two-thirds of my lungs, eventually, they said two-thirds of your lungs are cancerous. And he was having trouble breathing. He's having, you know, the lungs weren't working very well. But he said, whenever we said that, I call my lungs healed. He said, and you kept saying it, and we kept saying it. He said, the power, I said, it felt like, I mean, he said, it felt like uh, electricity going into my lungs. <laughs> You know, we've been talking about the healing anointing, you know, and he was experiencing that. We kept saying that and that anointing started working. And uh, the Bible says death and life are in the power of your tongue. Did you know that? And so he started saying the right thing. He started speaking life over his lungs. See, the devil wanted to put death in him, but he started saying life. And he said, just like electricity, every time we'd say that, like electricity all through my lungs. He said, it feels so much better. He said, I can breathe deep. And he said, he went back to that, 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 I think within a few days or a week or so, he went back to the VA hospital. And he said, would you check up on me again? He said, something has happened. He said, uh, but they, well, we've already looked, you know, but he said, I want you to look again. So he looked, they looked again in his lungs and his lungs, they said, were, um, they, the doctor heard, they put this little, what do they call that, stethoscope, put it on his lungs and said, breathe in. And he breathed. And um, he said, the doctor said, do that again. He did it again, said, do it again. He said, there's something funny sounding in there. And he said, what's that, doc? He said, every time you breathe, I hear this little inside your lungs. He said, well, what's that, Doc? He said, well, I, I have to look on it on x-ray to make sure. But I, he said, I think I know what it is. I've, I've, uh, I'm pretty sure what that is. That's lung cells reinflating. He said, and they checked it out. And exactly, they said, two-thirds of your lungs used to be gone. He said, now two-thirds of your lungs are restored. And he, was, he got a clean bill of health within a few days. No, no, it was a few weeks, wasn't it? I think it was a few weeks. He got a few, clean bill of health. The doctor said, you don't have lung cancer anymore. It's all gone. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. He, um, he didn't even want to come to healing school. He said his wife kept bugging him, saying, I want you to go to healing school. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God for a good wife. 
But he said he came and his wife said, you know, I want you to come again. So he came again. That was the service he got ministered to. Then he went to Bible. He, he, um, you know, he got turned on to God and he went to Rainbow Bible Training Center. He didn't even know anything about the ministry. He just, you know, they said his wife wanted to tour it. She had heard about it, wanted to take a tour of the campus. And they got to healing school. They, the, the tour guide was telling them about healing school and what happens there. And his wife said, well, you need to come here. He said, no, I don't need. And he didn't want to go, but he, his wife talked him into it. Praise God. You know, and I actually had to talk him into getting healed. That's just the way some people are. You have to talk him into getting healed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Say this, say there is a healing anointing. Say there is a healing anointing. There is an anointing to destroy the yoke of sickness. Praise God. Say this, I believe in the power of God. I receive the power of God. And I have it now. You know, it is yours. Belongs to you. Praise God. Belongs to us. Praise the Lord. 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 You can find it several different places. You can find it on the Word. Bible says His words are quick and powerful. Isn't that right? Full of power. Wonder what that power is there to do. Well, it'll do anything it says it'll do. Remember in the Old Testament, he said he sent his word and healed them. Psalm, what is it? I mean, uh, Psalm 107, 20, I believe it is. He sent his word and healed them. So there's enough power in his word to heal. And then he said in Proverbs 4, my son attend to my word, so forth. He said their life, King James's life, words are actually in the Hebrews, medicine to all their flesh. So there's healing in the word for all your flesh. Praise God. That means, that means the, uh, the lungs, that means the heart, that means the bones, that means the eardrums, that means the eyes, that means your brain, your spine. Amen. Your pituitary gland. All, all your glands. Praise God. That means your skin. It means your arms, your elbows. Your... <laughs> all your flesh. All of it. All of it. From top to bottom. That means the very, the very top cell on the on the hair that's sticking up. John's got one. I can see it right now sticking up. The very top cell on that hair. All the way to the very bottom cell on his, his foot. The life of God will minister to it. Hallelujah. Well, how do I get that to work for me? Well, just simply meditate on the word. Believe it. And then say, I receive that. And, and say it and believe, believe what you say. That's how you take God's medicine. Amen. Then also God anoints men and women. You can find the anointing on, on people. God anoints them for certain ministry. Isn't that right? It can be transferred through cloth. We've read that. So there's different places that, that the anointing can be found. Actually, the anointing is already in you. 
Remember Romans, it says, I'm just, I'm just, I'm getting there. Just, you know, um, Romans says in the eighth chapter, I don't know if you remember the 11th verse says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and he does, you know, the anointing that raised Christ from the dead does dwell in you. And he said, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. <laughs> what does quicken mean? That's an old word we don't use, but you look it up, it just means make it full of life. Make it alive. In other words. So that anointing that's in you that raised Jesus from the dead will keep your mortal, notice how he said that, your mortal body. Notice he didn't say it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it immortal. It will one day make it immortal. Whenever Jesus comes back, there'll be a sound and your body will change into a mortal body. But he's not saying, he didn't say that's what it's going to do, although it will do that someday. But he said it'll quicken this mortal one. While you're in this mortal flesh, it'll just, it'll just keep it alive. Keep, keep your blood pump going, you know. Praise God. So really you can find it. Where's that anointing? You can find it right inside of you. Isn't that right? So keep it active by what you say every day. Say the anointing that raised Christ from the dead. You know, if it raised Christ from the dead, it can raise you out of bed every morning. <laughs> say that I'm alive. When you get up in the morning, say I'm alive. I'm quickened. I'm full of life. I'm full of energy. You get out, you, you roll out of bed and stand up and your old back goes, oh, and you say, nope, full of life, full of life, full of life. The same, the same anointing that got Jesus up gets me up. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you are charged and ready tonight, I can tell. Amen. Get your Bible. You can be seated. Get your Bible. We're going to go to the book of Luke to begin with tonight. And uh, we're going to look at some things. We're going to just see where we end up. We're going to start here. We might end up going anywhere tonight. There's enough expectation here tonight. You know, heal cancer. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Um, we want to. The uh, fifth chapter of the book of Luke, I want to go there and um, start reading in a passage of scripture that uh, actually, I'll tell you what, let's go to the sixth chapter and then we'll back up to the fifth chapter. We want to read how that uh, Jesus ministered. We've been studying about the healing anointing. How many of you been here? Yeah. We've been studying about the healing anointing. My goodness, there's so many things. You know, I, I went home last Monday night and I thought, you know, one of the things we're going to have to deal with in this class is there's so much time between each Monday night that people have time to slip and forget, you know, what, what was shared. When I ministered in healing school back in Tulsa, we had it every day, twice a day. Well, that was just, you know, people were just under that teaching and under the anointing, the manifestations of what God was doing morning and night, you know. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> anyway... Just uh, be aware that you got to keep busy while we're between these classes to keep, keep going back over the things we've shared. You, last Monday night, you, we shared enough for you to chew on for three months. We preached like, a, like an auctioneer last month. 
<laughs> All right. Sixth chapter of Luke here. Notice what it says. Sixteenth chapter. He came down. Seventeenth chapter is what I meant. Um, sixth chapter of the sixteenth. I'll get it here. Seventeenth verse. Sixth chapter. Seventeenth verse. He or Jesus came down with them. Those are the disciples that he had called the twelve and stood in the plain. And the company of his disciples and a great number, great uh, company uh, and a company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him, hear him and to be healed of their diseases. They that were vexed with unclean spirits, they were healed. The whole multitude sought to touch him for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. So we've been looking at this anointing. This is uh, the same Greek word translated virtues, translated power. Really, you could have read it that way and newer translations will say it that way. Maybe you have a different translation. It probably says it that way. There went power out of him, power out of him and healed them all. Well, what was that? Static electricity? Nuclear power? Human power? No, it was Holy Ghost power. Remember how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. So it was Holy Ghost power. The Old Testament said not by might, not by power. That'd be human might or human power. Really, it'd be human might or army. The context is army. But um, he said, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So by the anointing from Isaiah 10, 27. Remember, we've been studying that. You've looked at it. Isaiah 10, 27 uh, says the, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. So there's an anointing to destroy the yoke amongst other things of sickness. Amen. Remember, this power went out of him and healed. Virtue said, uh, 19th verse said, virtue or power went out of him and healed. So there's a yoke destroying healing anointing. Praise God. What does it heal? Well, whatever. If you study what Jesus was anointed with, he was anointed with power to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. It's not discretionary. There are gifts of the spirit, gifts of healings that are discretionary, but that's not what this is right here. Those happen, the gifts of healings happen as he wills. Remember back there, we read that in 1 Corinthians 12. All these worketh at one and self same spirit, dividing them and severally as he wills. Those work as he wills. But this didn't work as he or God wills. This worked for faith. This worked by people that, uh, for people that believe. As a woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment. And before Jesus had time to stop and say, let's pray and see if it's the will of God or not. The power had already gone out and Jesus immediately knowing that virtue or power had already gone out. By the time he knew it, it had already left. So it wasn't God determining this. It was faith determining that. So um, she was healed by faith because Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. In other words, faith can't be just for one or two people. Faith can't be for one or two people. No, you never heard anybody say that faith is just for some and not for others. You know, anybody can have faith in God. Anybody can trust God. Well, if faith is only for a few people, one or two people, or, you know, for just so every now and then God gives somebody faith, then, then only a few could be saved then. Because by grace are you saved through faith. So faith isn't for just a few people. You know, faith is for anybody. We could go through and we probably will by the end of these teachings. We'll uh, go through and show you how the Bible says God, when a person's born again, God deals to them a measure of faith. Every believer has a measure of the God kind of faith. 
And really, it's, it'll, it'll, it needs to be used for the things that God said that you can use it on. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyway, but the point is that Jesus said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Well, faith is for anybody. And he didn't just tell that woman. He told many people, according to your faith, be it unto you. So the power works by faith. It doesn't work, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, kind of as a fluke. We don't know why it happened. It just happened. Oh, look at that. Look at it. The power flowed. It works by people that believe and receive that power. That's why Jesus had to preach. And that's why the Bible said they came to hear and to be healed. Because he told them about that power. What did they hear? They heard what he preached. What did he preach? Jesus said in Luke uh, 4, the spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me. Acts 10. Last week we looked at this. Acts 10. He began publishing that message from the day that John baptized him and the Holy Ghost came upon him. He began to publish that message both with word and deeds. In other words, he talked about it and it also happened. The anointing manifested. He began to publish it from the day John baptized him from all the way to the end of his ministry, earthly ministry. He began to publish that and tell people about it and minister that anointing. And um, so that's what he preached. Bible tells us that's what he preached. So that's what they heard. Jesus went about doing good and healing, but, but he didn't just go about doing healing. The Bible says he taught and he preached. Now go back to the fourth chapter here of the book of Matthew. This is a synopsis and uh, we'll get to some good things here tonight. You just believe God with me for utterance. Fourth chapter of Matthew says something very interesting. If you're in the fourth chapter, look with me. Um, the, uh, well, let's see here. I thought it was the 23rd verse. Matthew fourth chapter, 23rd verse. Jesus went about all Galilee. Remember, Bible says in Acts 10, 36, 37, 38, he began to publish a certain message, how God anointed him. That's what he published throughout all Galilee. Now, here's what he went around doing. He went about doing, he went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. Remember, we, we talked about that last week. There was a fame went out, not a Hollywood carnal kind of fame, but a fame about this anointing. He became known as someone anointed with power to destroy the yoke amongst other things of sickness and disease. His fame went throughout all Syria and they brought all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, those which were possessed with devils, those which were lunatic, those that had the palsy and he healed them. Praise God. Now, who was them? Notice verse number 24. His fame went throughout all Syria and they brought in him all sick people. Who did he heal? Them. All of them. And then in verse 23, he went about uh, healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Now, that doesn't mean that all were healed, but it says that they brought, notice verse 24, they brought unto him all sick people and all that were brought. Not everybody that was sick, but everybody that came for healing. There were some people Jesus went to that Jesus couldn't get them healed. 
Well, certainly he could have if he wanted to. He's the son of God, isn't he? Well, remember we said he's ministering as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. He was the son of God. I didn't say he wasn't the son of God. I'm saying that's not how, not how he was ministering. If, that was, if he was ministering because he was God, then why didn't he do it at the age of 17, 19, 21, 25, 27, 29, 29 and a half, 29 three quarters, 29. Why didn't he do it all that? He, he didn't do it before he was anointed. Well, why would you have to anoint God? Wasn't he God? Sure he was God. Why would you have to anoint him? If Philippians 2 says that uh, he made himself of no reputation. You ever read that? Maybe, maybe I can just re- give you the reference. Some of you maybe aren't aware of what I'm talking about. I'll just give you the reference. You can look it up later. Um, it says he made himself of no reputation. This is in Philippians chapter number 2. And uh, let's see how I get Ephesians here. I got a Bible that's falling all apart. Got to be careful here. Second chapter of Philippians, verse Uh, well, really verses five through eight, but verse uh, seven is what I'm talking about. Philippians 2, seven, he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of of men. Now, when it says he made himself of no reputation, we sometimes wonder why on earth, what does that mean? We have no idea what that means, but you look at it in some other translations, it'll say he emptied himself. In other words, when he came to earth, yes, he was God in the flesh, but he emptied himself of certain attributes of God. What do you mean by that? Well, how many of you know God's all-knowing? Isn't he? But you ever notice Jesus had to ask questions sometimes? For example, whenever Lazarus died, he said, where have you laid him? Well, he didn't know where he was laid. If he was, if he was operating as God who knows all things, he wouldn't have had to ask that question. And the Bible says God never slumbers or sleeps. It says he never grows weary or faints. Yet the Bible says Jesus took a long walk and he had to rest by the, by the well Amen. because of the walk. Right. You know, Amen. that's where the woman came, you know, and was drawing water. He was, he was resting there by the well, getting some water. Amen. Well, he had to lay aside certain attributes of being God. Amen. He wasn't without, you know, he, he could get weary. Yes. <laughs> well, God in heaven doesn't, the Bible says. Right. Then also, uh, God's in all places at all times. Jesus couldn't be in all places at all times. He could only be in one place at one time because he took on the form of a man. Then also, he's all powerful. Well, go over to Mark chapter number six. You still there? You want to think with me tonight? Got so many verses open, we'll have to get to all of them. I'll get all these cans closed up again. Got a lot of lids off a lot of cans. But go to Mark chapter number six. Remember, God can do anything. All things are possible. With, with God, all things are possible. But look, look here, look here, look here. I said, look here. You ready to look here? Verse number, this is in Mark 6. Look what he said. Verse number 2. When the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the, syn- in, their, in the synagogue. Now, if you look at the context, the synagogue is in his own hometown. He began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And uh, from whence uh, hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? So he must have talked about the mighty works. He not only said the spirit of the Lord's army, according to Luke chapter number four. Luke four says he stood up and said in his own hometown, the spirit of the Lord's army, he's an army. So he said that, but then he must have told some stories, some healing stories. And then he said that even these mighty works are wrought by his hand. Where did he get this anointing? Then he said, uh, verse 3, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon, are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. In other words, they were saying, well, we know him. He grew up around here. Right. You know, we, he played in the sandbox with my son. Yeah. 
and they were offended at him. Who does he think he is? We know him. He can't be anointed. We know him. As if, you know, the person, whoever it is that's anointed, nobody's going to know him. You know, here, Jesus later said, a prophet's not without honor, but in his own home, uh, except in his own hometown. But, uh, you know, and they, they were saying basically, well, he can't be a prophet. We know him, a prophet. As if a prophet's going to fall down out of the sky or something and nobody's going to know him. You know, people have funny ideas. And uh, he, his sisters are here with us and they were offended at him. In other words, they were offended at his claim to be anointed. They were offended at him, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and his own, uh, among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work. Wait a minute. Isn't he God? Sure. But he laid aside the attributes of being God. Isn't that right? He could there do no mighty work, save he laid his, own, his, he laid his hands upon his few sick folk and healed them. Uh, the the uh, Williams translation says a few ailing people and a footnote says suffering with minor diseases. That's why it says in the next verse, he marveled because of their unbelief and went around about the villages teaching. Now, notice he said he laid his hand upon a few sick folk and healed them. In other words, few, uh, most translations say a few sickly folk. In other words, wasn't a whole lot wrong with him, just sickly, sickly folk. Amen. Suffering with uh, minor things. Now, Luke's account of that same opening, which we won't go to, says uh, that he, he uh, well, here it is in the fifth verse also. Let's look here in Mark's account, this fifth verse. He could there do no mighty work. In other words, there were no major big things happening, just a little bit happening. Why? Well, notice he said he couldn't. He couldn't. Why? Because of unbelief. So he had laid aside the attributes of being God, although he was God, a lot of things he laid aside. You understand what I'm talking about? Some things he couldn't do. He had to minister just like a man today would have to minister or a woman today. He ministered as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost and it's faith that gives action to that power. Y'all still there? You're going home. So what we find back here in Mark, uh, I mean, excuse me, the uh, book of Matthew, the fourth chapter, his fame went out and people that believed that they would bring the sick. Everybody say they would bring the sick. Now I would, I studied Jesus healing ministry extensively by I mean for years. And I'll tell you this, every single person, I, I've studied it. I know it for a fact. Every single person that, that uh, was brought to Jesus to be healed Every single one of them were healed. Every single one of them. Now, the people that Jesus went to, he couldn't always get them healed. What does that tell you? Well, many times Jesus would say to the people that came, like, for example, the man let down through the roof. Remember that? Jesus saw their faith. What is it whenever people bring the sick? Or what is it when they come? That is faith. That's an indication they believe they're going to get something. But see, whenever a minister goes to somebody, they didn't open up their heart and come. The minister's going, trying to get them healed. You can't always get those people healed because they're not coming to receive. You're going to them trying to get them to receive. And that's not something you can always do is get them to open up and receive. 
Can you say amen to that? Every single person Jesus went to, uh, I mean, excuse me, every single person that Jesus uh, had, uh, every single person that came to Jesus was healed. But every single person that Jesus went to, he couldn't get them healed. Like right here in his own hometown, they couldn't get them healed. Because of their unbelief. So we see faith plays a role in this. But all who came were healed, the Bible says. Now it says two different things. All who came were healed and every manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So there was healing across the whole spectrum of disease, any and every kind of disease. We used to have people come to healing school and say, well, have you ever, or they would call, they'd call ahead and they'd say, have you ever heard of, then they'd name a disease, some disease you never heard of. Have you ever had this healed in your healing school? And we'd always nicely, in some way or another, we'd always say something like, well, what difference does it make? What difference does it make if we've had 7,500 healed? Or we've never even heard of the disease and never. What difference does it make? Because how many of you know over in Deuteronomy 28, he says the curse of the law is, and he names all those diseases. And then he said, and then every, every disease that is not named in this book of the law. <laughs> he said, that's part of the curse of the law. All disease is part of Deuteronomy 28. All disease is a part of the curse of the law. So, all diseases are under the curse. And Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we're redeemed from all sickness and all disease. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And Deuteronomy, once again, Deuteronomy 28 says, you can read the whole chapter and get down to around verse 60, 61, 62, somewhere around there. Also, every disease, every sickness that's not mentioned in this book of the law, he said, shall come upon you as a curse if you disobey the law. Well, Christ redeemed us from every sickness and every disease. Praise God. So we don't have to have a one of them. And Jesus healed them all. He healed every sickness and every disease and he healed them whenever they came because that's faith. Faith, faith gives action to that power. Hallelujah. Besides that, it says, and I remember in Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that's within me, bless his holy name. Verses one through four, five down and through there, I'm quoting this. You know, I'm just kind of going past some of this because I've got other things on my heart. But Psalm 103, he, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, uh, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Is there any sin he won't forget? I mean, forgive? Not a single one. He forgiveth all thine iniquities. Then he said this, and healeth all thy diseases. Praise God. So it is his will to heal it, heal it all. <laughs> Praise God. It's his will. Say it's his will that I be healed of anything and everything that comes against me physically. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's not his will that you have one of them. Himself took our infirmities and bore our diseases, plural, all of them, took them all. Tuberculosis, cancer, heart problems, you can go, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. And H1M1 too, you know. Just, I think I said that right. Is that what they're calling it? You know, it's always the swine flu, the Hong Kong flu, the some other kind of flu. You ever notice it's never the heavenly flu? Yeah, hey, there you go. It's always from somewhere other than heaven, you know. <laughs> well, if heaven didn't get it, then I, if heaven didn't give it, then I don't take it. 
Praise God. Amen. Well, said he healed them all, all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Okay, now come back here to Luke chapter number six. I think you thought I forgot. But verse number six, I mean, excuse me, chapter number six of Luke, the 17th verse, the very last part, they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Well, they heard what he preached. Remember, we said back there in Matthew, he said it went about uh, all their preaching, uh, or excuse me, went about their cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing. Notice every single time it mentions that. In fact, I meant to go to another one. Hold your finger in Luke there. I forgot to go to the other one. Go back to Matthew again, but go to the ninth chapter. Basically, in a couple of places, the New Testament or, or the gospels just sort of summed up Jesus' ministry. You know, just kind of put it in a nutshell. Here's basically what he was doing. There were other things, you know, he turned the water into wine and so forth. But if you were to examine basically what he was doing, he went about doing this. You know, we know he walked on water. We know he turned bread into, I mean, uh, turned uh, multiplied bread, you know, water into wine. Did a lot, a lot of those other things. But basically, here's the main things he was doing. Look here, you're in the ninth chapter of Matthew, verse 35. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Notice once again, that's how they summed it up. So notice teaching, preaching and healing. Now notice in, uh, yeah, Lord, thank you. Now I know where I'm going. It's good to know where you're going. Uh, but notice every single time the teaching and the preaching was before the healing. We looked at it back there in Luke in the sixth chapter. You know, people come to classes like this and they say, well, I, I came to be healed. Why are, you, why are you spending so much time in the word? Well, I'll tell you why. Because that's the way, that's the order Jesus put it in. Hearing comes before healing. Why would that be? I'll tell you exactly why it would be because, I mean, uh, Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Jesus said over and over again, daughter, your faith has made you whole. According to your faith, be it unto you. So your faith is going to play a role in your healing. And so if your faith is going to play a role, then we need to help your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. The word of God will build faith into you. Now you're in the sixth chapter. Come back to the fifth chapter. Come back to the fifth chapter. And uh, we'll see here what it says. Whoo, yeah. Oh, I like where we're going now. I just stepped out in faith. Didn't know quite sure where we were going. See, I had whole plan tonight. I knew what I, I thought I knew what I was going to do. But back here in the, uh, the book of Luke, you're here in the fifth chapter now. Notice what it says here. It tells us the same thing. Verse number... 15. This is Luke 5, 15. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. They, once again, it puts the hearing first. Now they came not just to get healed, they came to hear something. You know, today, and we saw this in the healing school back in uh, years gone by when we had our, our healing school, or it wasn't ours, but we were ministering there. But uh, we saw this, that so many people, they wanted to just drop in on the laying on of hands day. Yeah. Yeah. When are you laying hands on the sick? 
Well, we usually do it on Thursday, you know, yeah. but, but we learn not to just go. We learn not to let them, you know, lead us in those conversations. We would lead them because you see, if they'd have known how to receive, they'd already received. You know, just be blunt about it. Don't want to be, don't want to be mean about it, but want to be blunt about it. If they don't know how to receive, they'd already receive and their method isn't working. So they need to not do all the talking. They need to do some listening. Well, when's the healing? When's he going to lay hands on the sick? Well, we didn't always just answer that question. We'd say, you know, you need to come all the classes. We need, you need to come to all the, well, why do I need to come to all the ones? Because you need to build up your faith. You know, in the, what we call the healing revival back in the 40s and 50s, you've heard us talk about it. You've probably read some books about it. But you know, back in those days, many of those ministers would not lay hands on the sick until they got a healing card. And the first people there that came the first night, they got the healing cards, number one. And number one couldn't be, have hands laid on until the end of the week. So they had to be there the whole week. And they'd call uh, on Friday or something, okay, all healing cards, number one, come, you know. Because they would require them to, to, to uh, hear something before they were here. You know, I think we do disjustice, un injustice to people sometimes. Somebody said, well, you know, you should just do like Jesus. Just lay hands on people. Okay, you think I should do like Jesus? Then come over here to Mark chapter number four. Uh, no, actually, it's, it's the fifth chapter. Mark chapter number five. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter number five. I think here, let's see here. Hallelujah. Well, it's somewhere in there in the book of Mark. Anyway, there was a time whenever there were two blind men came to Jesus. Maybe, Ann, you know where I'm talking about. And uh, they came and they wanted to be healed. Jesus said, do you believe I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. It says, then touched he their eyes. Then touched he their eyes. In other words, he didn't just go around uh, healing people or just laying hands on people. He checked up on to see if they had faith for it or not. Am I in the right room? I don't know. I'm missing out. I thought it was in the fourth or fifth chapter for some reason. I'm not seeing it. But anyway, it's in there. Just, just uh, look it up yourself. You can find out I'm telling the truth about it. Then touched he their eyes. Why, why, was, why did it say then? In other words, after he located them in faith. In other words, he waited until he could, he found out where they were in faith first. Because if, if they weren't re, in faith, they weren't going to receive anything any more than the people who were around Jesus the day the woman with the issue of blood were healed, who, who bumped up against him and touched him. No more than them were healed. So this power that we're talking about, this healing anointing, works by faith. Hallelujah. 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 And people that honor that anointing and that gift. So, okay, back here in Luke, um, uh, we'll find here in the, in the fifth chapter, they came to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So they put the hearing first because here's the reason, because Jesus put the word first. The reason that the people heard something first is because Jesus put the word first. And we saw that over in Matthew 4, Matthew 9. They went, he went about teaching, preaching, and healing. Healing was after the teaching and the preaching. I found this, that if people are willing to sit and hear the, hear the teaching, they'll, they'll uh, maintain their healing once they do get it. You won't, they won't lose it because they know how they got it. 
you take a, you take a young child or, or a teenager or something that is just handed because of an inheritance or something. Maybe their grandparents gave them millions of dollars. Well, they don't know for sure how money comes, so they don't know how to keep it. You know, they're out there just blowing it, you know. Before they know it, they don't have any more. Why? Because they don't know how it comes. Same thing with healing. If you don't know how it comes, then you're not going to know how to keep it. If you get it through some special anointing or something, you're going to have to keep it through your own faith. Why? Because Satan will come back. Not because God's not, you know, not because God's a, a giver and a taker, but simply because there's an enemy against you. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible says, hold fast what you have. Whenever God gives, you've got to receive, but then you've got to maintain what you've received. Am I preaching all right? So Jesus put the word first. That's the reason that they heard something first. I said to you there in healing school, but uh, we, we would get people, they would ask us, well, when's the healing class? When's the laying on of hands? And we'd tell them. <clears throat> but we learned not to tell them because we learned to, that learned that people like that don't receive much. I'm not just talking about that's the way we wanted it to be, that they wouldn't receive much. I'm talking about factual data, statistics. You look on the paper, the statistics prove they don't get much. Certainly didn't keep it, even if they did get something. I thought that after years of ministering there, I thought we'd probably get more people coming to the healing class. If we just simply, rather than require them to sit and hear the word, we just simply had a drive through window like McDonald's. <laughs> Blinking neon light, healing here, hot and fresh. <laughs> they wouldn't even have to get out of the car. What's wrong with you? Well, my shoulder hurts. Be healed. Ah, praise the Lord. <laughs> I think we'd have had more people coming. Now, if, I think more people would have liked that, but, but it wouldn't work. Because they don't honor the word enough. You got to honor the word. You got to honor what's going to give it to you and what's going to keep it. He sent his word and healed them. Everybody said he sent his word. Now come back here to Matthew, to the 13th chapter. Did I say that yet? Matthew, the 13th chapter. And let's see the... Uh, 13th chapter of Matthew and the 15th verse. Jesus is preaching and he's talking about the, the, is, the nation of Israel in that day. It could be true about people today. It's not automatically true about everybody, but there are folks in this category today. Verse 15, Matthew 13, 15. This people's heart is waxed gross. That word means thick if you look it up. In other words, calloused. Their hearts are gross, thick, or calloused. Their ears are dull of hearing. You know, if something's calloused, it's dull and insensitive. I used to work real hard with my hands physically, and my hands had calluses all over them. I can distinctly remember getting, at lunchtime getting my pocket knife out and carving in my calluses. Somebody said, ouch! I didn't feel a thing. I just car actually I could car actually I could cut down under there and carve the whole thing off. Big there's a big hunk of dry dry thick skin there, you know. <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but that's what a callus is. It's thick, insensitive skin. And people's hearts can get that way. I'm not talking about the physical blood pump. I'm talking about the the their spirit man, the part of them that believes. Remember the Bible says, with the heart man believeth. 
So he said their hearts here are, are they're thick and they're dull. They're insensitive of hearing. Well, if hearing has to come before healing, then we got to get rid of this problem. Their hearts are thicker. You know, I sometimes I just long sometimes. I just long sometimes. Just long sometimes that people would hang closer. Because they, they hear just a little bit, but they're, they're, they're dull enough not to really catch what you said. They think they heard what you said, but they didn't really hear what you said. They heard a portion of what you said. They ran off with just enough to be dangerous. Well, pastor said so-and-so. Eh, and not really. <laughs> you know, I, I said this and you thought that's what I meant, but that's not what I meant. Like a service uh, uh, last Monday, somebody said something about the service. They didn't, they didn't catch what I said. You just wish people would hang close enough. Some of you, like, see, this is, a, this, this is a two-fold vision here. Minister to the sick and raise up people to minister to the sick. Some of you that uh, have it in your heart to minister to the sick, some of you are going to have to hang closer. Or you're going to be a, a, an old clay pot. Not a golden vessel or a silver vessel. Remember in a great house, there are different kinds of vessels. There's the, the clay pots, he said, wood and earth, made out of wood and earth. Amen. I'm preaching better than you're amen. But he said, uh, some to honor and some to dishonor. In other words, some are ready for a more noble amount of anointing. But some see they're not giving heed enough to what's being preached for God to qualify them to carry them. I mean, I got in prayer about some individuals and I'm thinking, oh God, oh God. Going the same route as their dad and their dad died. Had a call on their life. Going the same route and their dad died. Going the same route. Same old deception. Shake them, wake them up. I get them up front and minister to them. Slap them, say, hey, quit that. So what do they do about it? Doing the same old things. I think it's... I think it's revealing. If I might just go ahead and shuck the corn a little bit. I think it's revealing that at the end of Paul's ministry, he said, I have no man like-minded except Timothy who will naturally care for your state. He had one man after all those years who really caught what he was saying. He said, I only have one man who know, knows my heart on some things. Well, I don't know about you, but at the end of Jesus' ministry, they all forsook him. See, the people are about their own business. They get caught up with their own duties of life and so forth and so on. For you know it, they're not even obeying God. God spoke distinctly to them. Have visions and things happen. God speak to them. Where are they at? See, it's not the called. It's not the called that get into it. You have to qualify. Many are called, few are chosen. And you have to hang close. If you're going to get into what God's, you're going to have to suffer some things too. You're going to have to be willing to lay aside some things. You're going to have to leave houses and lands and mothers and fathers. There's going to be some things stripped away from you. Come on, don't. It's amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. Alarming to me. I get in prayer and I sometimes don't even want to go to prayer. I don't want, sometimes I have to watch not getting close to God because he starts talking to me about stuff like this. I don't know if you can understand that or not. 
because you'd just rather not know everything. You'd rather not know they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. You'd rather not know that. You'd rather not God talk to you because you have to end up being in prayer half the day for him. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not mad. I'm just, I'm just, I just, it just gets old after a while. Just, you get tired of watching people not, not, not obey God, not fulfill what God's called them to. You have to be like Elisha after Elijah. Elijah said, I'm going over here. I'm going there with you then. You know, there's a lot of people here. A lot of people here have a sense that they're called to the ministry. And I've had person after person after person after person tell me, I sense I'm supposed to do something in this area of healing whenever God gets you into it. I rejoice with them. I knew God had spoken to them because I knew I needed laborers. I want to raise up teams to go into all the city. I want to go into homes. Whenever they call, say, call, come, come. We need somebody to minister. Send a team, two people over there. Now, don't come back till they're healed. I want to do that. Well, here's training time. Where are they at? You understand what I'm talking about? Well, I got busy. Well, the devil will throw you up all kinds of stuff. He'll make sure you don't get what you really are really supposed to be doing. You got to hang closer than that. Elijah says, I'm going over here. You got to go over there. The people that were closest to Jesus got the most. Whenever Jesus really needed somebody around him to really help him, he called in Peter, James, and John. Is it all right if I go show you some of this? Let's go over here and I want you to see the uh, account back here in, uh, now I'm just following by the Holy Ghost so I don't remember where the scripture is. Let me find it here. I think it's in Mark once again. The healing of the, the, the uh, and maybe you could help me here again. The healing of the uh, lady that was raised up, the young girl that was raised up. Where he called in certain ones. Remember that? Praise the Lord. Here it is. Remember the fifth chapter of Mark. The Bible says that, uh, remember he was on his way to Jairus' house whenever the woman with the issue of blood interrupted the procession and she was healed. Then Jesus took time for her testimony. And uh, then in the meantime, verse 35, right after her testimony, and Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. While they yet, he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue, that's Jairus, the synagogue's house, certain which said, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word, I like that, just as soon. He said to the ruler of the synagogue, believe, uh, be not afraid, only believe. In other words, he wanted to stop that unbelie- unbelief report getting into him before it got into him. And verse 37, he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. He come to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, but he put them all out. He had, uh, when he had put them all out, all those people uh, laughing him to scorn, weeping, he taketh the father, the mother, the damsel, and them that were with him. Well, we just read verse 37. That was Peter, James, and John. Them that were with him. And uh, he entered in where the damsel was lying. See, this is a case where you don't want any unbelief around. All that unbelief, he just put it out. He took the damsel by the hand. He said, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted, damsel I say unto thee arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked for she was of the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with the great astonishment. He charged them straightly saying, see no man know it. He commanded something to be given to her to eat. Praise God. So when Jesus was really in a situation where he just needed some real help in faith because of the atmosphere was wrong. 
he called in Peter, James, and John. When he would share the most intimate things, it was Peter, James, and John. Whenever he was on the Mount of, Trans whenever he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, it was Peter, James, and John that were the closest. Whenever he was in prayer right before the crucifixion, he took all the disciples and he took Peter, James, and John, went a little further with them. It was Peter, James, and John that were around. Who was being used the most when it came to Acts chapter number one? Peter, James, and John. So you're going to have to hang close. If you, want to, if you want some impartations, God was talking to me about this. I knew this was going to come out. You're going to have to hang close enough. Some of these people that don't hang around, they're here some, there some. Man, God had a divine experience. Bam. I could tell you experiences where, oh, the experiences some folks had. Told them exactly what to do. Told them to be here and all that. Some people just don't have what it takes to be a success in the ministry. They're going to be an old clay wooden pot. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. Hey, man, you're, you're here, so no use preaching that to you. But you can go take it to people and say, Pastor was preaching, you need to be here. Hallelujah. It's time to shuck the corn on some of this stuff. Some people just don't have what it takes. They just don't have what it takes to be a success. Yeah, but the price is high. Yep, you're exactly right. There's going to be some people leave you. There's going to be some things you're going to have to learn how to walk by faith when it comes to finances and stop chasing the almighty dollar and start chasing the anointing. Put first things first. God's called you. The Bible says, give yourself wholly to the ministry that God's called you to, that your profiting may appear to all. Colossians says in the, fifth cha the last chapter, the fourth chapter, take heed to the ministry you've received in the Lord, that you fulfill it. It's not up to God to fulfill it. It's up to you to fulfill it. You're going to have to be at the right place at the right time. You're going to have to not be so sidetracked and deceived and all that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anyway, now that I've got that out, remember here we said back in the 13th chapter of Matthew, the 15th verse, this people's heart is waxed gross or thick. Their ears are dull of hearing. Dull means insensitive. They don't hear right. Their eyes, they have closed. God hasn't closed them. God hasn't made their ears dull. They have closed. Everybody say they closed them. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should uh, understand with their heart, and should be converted. That means turn or change, go a different direction. And should be converted, and I should heal them. Notice what comes before the healing. Hearing. Hearing comes before the healing. I've shown you what, five or six scriptures now. That says that we've got to put the word of God first. We have to take time to hear. It's not because somebody hasn't laid hands on most people that they're not healed. Not, that's not the reason. It's because they don't understand. Notice he said they hear and understand and be converted. In other words, the thinking changed. They think differently than the way they were thinking. How do you get your mind renewed? How do you think right? Well, the Bible says the mind is renewed by the word of God. You know, if we're thinking wrong, we'll do wrong. We'll act wrong. So he said, they hear with their ears, understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. In other words, hearing something gets them into position to receive. 
In order to receive from God, you've got to get into position to receive. And hearing gets you into position. Well, I should say, and also receiving what you hear. Some people hear and don't receive what they hear, but in a lot of cases it goes together. Hearing and receiving what is, what is said. Hearing the word and receiving it. Praise the Lord. So sometimes what do we find here? He said they should, they should hear, they should see, hear, understand, and then notice what he said, be converted, make some changes. A lot of times, especially for Christians, out there in the world you can get people healed and not, they, don't, they don't know anything. And sometimes young Christians you can. But especially Christians, a lot of times they're going to have to hear the word and they're going to have to make some adjustments before they receive their healing. I don't mean it's a works program. I mean there's something hindering them receiving. Many times there's something hindering them from receiving. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write us at Spirit of Faith Family Church Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life. 